0: welcome to the building great lives podcast a podcast about real life real issues and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions and now your host trent Gillum. greetings everyone trent here welcome to episode number 77 of the podcast i'm glad you've joined the building great lives journey Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners and to you, the listener. You make this ministry possible, and I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, and discover and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person in every possible nation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about overcoming self-criticism. and I believe this is a very important topic because we can be very hard on ourselves now we know that there's an enemy in the spirit world that is trying to come against us and attack us but i have found that often we are our own worst enemies and we spend a lot of time as we should learning how to overcome spiritual attacks but we also need to learn the biblical principles for how to see ourselves The Lord teaches us how we should view or feel about ourselves. Matter of fact, his word tells us that we should love our neighbors just like we love ourselves. How can you then love your neighbor if you do not know how to love yourself? Now, I know you may be thinking, well, if I could just get through all of these difficulties, if all these problems, if all these struggles went away, I would like myself better, and then I could love myself better. However, there is a biblical principle that is much bigger than that. We can love ourselves because God loves us. And when we learn how to view ourselves in the proper perspective— We can do so not out of a spirit of arrogance, not out of a spirit of pride, but with a true understanding that we have been called to something greater than the difficulties that we feel on the inside. God wants to help us learn how to view ourselves in a healthy way. Our greatest enemy is our own selves attacking who we are. I don't know about you, but I'm a list maker. I make certain to-do list. I have some that are every day I need to do one, two, three, and four. Then there are others that I add that are odds and ends, things that I need to get taken care of during the day. And if you're anything like me, you can work hard at accomplishing those things And maybe let's say there's five things on your to-do list and you can get four of them done and you look at that one that's left and instead of feeling accomplished, there's an inner voice on the inside that focuses on the one thing that you didn't get finished. It will even tell you other people would have done it and they would have done it better than you. No matter how hard we work, our inner critic can be relentless at times. Sometimes we even set unrealistic expectations or timelines and then criticize ourselves when they don't work out according to plan. Self-criticism is a destructive process that undermines who you truly are and what God has called you to accomplish. Self-criticism has a damaging effect on almost every area of our lives. We all have room for improvement. Certainly we should all have times that we evaluate our lives and make the appropriate adjustments. However, it's important to remember there's a huge difference between self-evaluation and self-criticism. Self-evaluation is a normal reflective process where an individual assesses themselves to gain a better understanding of their strengths and weaknesses with the intent of making improvements. Self-assessment requires an honest look within. We're not trying to self-justify, but neither are we trying to self-vilify. Self-evaluation is much different than self-criticism. Self-criticism is the expression of disapproval over perceived personal faults. Self-criticism is when expressions of judgment are directed toward ourselves. This can affect us in many different ways. I will never forget knowing a great man of God who dreamed of becoming an evangelist. God was already using him in many areas of the church. He was already assisting a pastor in a local assembly, but he always dreamed of becoming an evangelist. He would save up money, and then when the time would be right, He felt it was time to go. He and his wife would line up a few revivals, and they would head out to be full-time evangelists. But every time that they branched out and took that step, after a few months, it seemed like that things just never worked out for them. And I remember they would come home very disappointed, very discouraged. They would save up, they would dream, and they would launch out. And after a few months, the same cycle would happen again. This great preacher began to tell himself that he wasn't good enough. His inner critic began to tell him, oh, you shouldn't even really be a preacher because you're not very effective. If you were effective, more people would be inviting you to preach. His inner critic would tell him, you're not even a good enough person, so maybe you should just give up. Relentless. That inner critic attacked him until the point that he was so discouraged. But thankfully, he did not give up. No, he didn't become an evangelist that traveled church to church, preaching revivals for many years. However, he did find his place in the kingdom, and he became a pastor of a church where he could love and help people. The inner self-critic in him almost destroyed his ministry. Because if you are not cognizant of what's happening, the inner critic in you will do everything it can to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. So I've got a question for you. What's your inner critic trying to talk you out of doing Whatever aspect of life you find yourself involved in, the case is the same for all of us. There is an inner critic inside of us that if we don't learn how to control, it will do everything it can to look down on everything and say, you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You should just give up. You should just quit. And if we listen to that voice long enough, then it will cause harm in our spirit. And so again, what is it that you feel to do, but that inner critic is telling you, oh, you can't accomplish that. You're not good enough. You're not talented enough. You don't have enough money. That inner critic will tell you all of those things. However, God is not limited by your talent, your abilities, or your money. God operates on our willingness. What is it that you would do if there wasn't a voice inside of you telling you, you won't succeed? You'll never accomplish anything. What would you do if that voice was silenced? Whatever you would do, whatever you would dream of becoming, that's what I want you to pursue. Because there is a way to silence that inner voice. It doesn't ever completely go away. It will always try to rise up and speak. But you can learn how to push that voice down. Have you ever met someone that had a critical spirit? And by critical spirit, I mean someone that no matter what you say, no matter what idea comes their way, something is always wrong. Something is always negative. I've met people like that. Matter of fact, I have learned that there's some people you can't share your dreams with because they'll always find a reason why they'll never come to pass. There's some people that just seem like they have a critical spirit toward everyone everything it's negative this it won't happen that or something's wrong here or other things are wrong there you you know the kind of person i'm talking about however i learned that a critical spirit is not just someone that finds the negative in other things a critical spirit is not just something that is projected towards something else but a critical spirit can also be something that is directed To ourselves. That's right, it's possible to have a critical spirit toward ourselves. That critical spirit that says, You're not good enough, you never will be good enough. That critical spirit that says, You don't deserve to be loved. That critical spirit that says, You're not enough. You need to get a hold of God in prayer and say, God, help me to overcome this critical spirit. We would never want a critical spirit toward other people. We can acknowledge that biblically that's wrong and it's something that needs to be corrected. But how many of us have really had the revelation that a critical spirit is not just what is projected toward something else, but it is also what is projected toward ourselves, And just as real as that critical spirit toward other things needs to be healed and delivered, you need to do that for the critical spirit that is within yourself. So what triggers these critical spirits, that voice that rises up inside of us that tells us no matter how hard we try, instead of celebrating what we've accomplished, it always points out the one thing that we messed up on. What triggers that? Well, there's many things that trigger that, and it's often different within each of us because it's our backgrounds, our upbringing, the things that we've gone through. Many things trigger it. It could be an unhealed trauma, a long-term emotional or physical abuse. All of these things can trigger that critical inner voice. And If we listen to that loud inner voice long enough, these negative thoughts can result in feelings of worthlessness and failure. They often lead to discouragement, discontentment, depression, and poor self-image. Self-criticism has been found to worsen depression, anxiety, eating disorders, self-harm, and even suicidal thoughts. Self-criticism affects your spiritual life and your God-given purpose. It affects your relationships with others, your spouse, your children, your family, your friends. It can overwhelm you with shame. It can hinder you from saying yes to the opportunities that God has set before you. There are many times when you need to borrow a page from God's playbook and give yourself some grace. Have some compassion on yourself We see those in need all around us, and we're moved with empathy and compassion. Many times in the Bible, we find that Jesus being moved with compassion helped other people. And when we see the needs of others, we should also, like Jesus, be moved with compassion. But the same compassion that you extend to others, you should extend to yourself. Instead of becoming your own worst critic, how about showing yourself some compassion? It doesn't mean just being okay with known failures that need to be corrected and just ignoring them. No, but it's also understanding that as a work in progress, God is moving us and helping us through every situation. And we're going to learn how to celebrate the accomplishments while working on the things that need to be worked on. But we're going to have a mindset of, look what we've done. In other words, we may not be where we want to be, but we're going to celebrate not being where we were. According to a recent Time Magazine article on mental health, people with higher levels of self-compassion are less likely to experience mental health challenges. So what are some ways that we can silence self-criticism? In order to create positive change in our lives, we have to stop constantly tearing ourselves down. So the first way that we can begin to silence self-criticism is to see ourselves as God sees us. When we look in the mirror, we see our flaws. When we think of ourselves, we see our failures, our frustrations, and the things that we need to work on. However, when God sees us, God sees us in a different way. First step to silencing self-criticism is to understand your negative self-image and thoughts do not come from God. While good parents correct their children when they do wrong, they do not criticize them. Our Heavenly Father loves us. He corrects us when we're wrong, but he doesn't think critical thoughts about us. The Bible even tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God thinks thoughts of peace and good of you. Now, it's important that we get this settled right now. God does not lie. Your identity and self-worth should be based on how God sees you. He doesn't lie. So you actually are what he says you are. He says that you are his beloved. He repeatedly affirms that you are a chosen vessel, that you are a royal priesthood, that you are a treasure in his eyes, created in his image. You are valuable. Again, let me say it. God does not lie. And so if God says that you are valuable and God says that you are his treasure, if God says that you are his chosen vessel of honor, who are you to disagree with God? Who are we to look in the mirror and criticize ourselves to the point that we cannot function and our relationships are broken and we can't step out and be used of God? Who are we to declare what we are when God has declared that we are good, that there is something inside of us that is much different than the self-critic sees. And that's the key. That is the key to overcoming, to silencing the critical spirit within you. You need to remember God doesn't lie. And if God said you are, then you are. You may not always feel like it, but that does not change who you are. His word declared that you are complete in Him, our feelings, our past, and our traumas will never be greater than the word that God has spoken over you. Listener, I feel this very strongly right now. You have criticized yourself. Everything that you've tried to do, you have felt like a failure. You have felt like I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. I am lacking in these areas. The Lord looked at you and said the exact opposite of what you're saying about yourselves. And so you have to tell that voice on the inside, I am not what you say I am. I am what God says I am. I am more than a conqueror, not because I am strong in myself, but because God said that I am, and I will embrace what God has said of me and not what I have said of myself. The second thing you can do to help silence a critical spirit is to begin to focus on what you can control and not on what you can't. No matter what we do in life, we want to have good results. And we should. However, you can't always control outcomes. There are times you give your all and it just doesn't work out the way you hoped. The question is, did you obey God? And if so, you need to understand that the obedience means more than the results. Because you can only control what you can control. I'm an evangelist, and when I preach, I want every person that needs God to move in that service. But I can't control them, and I can't force them. My job is to obey God and do my very best to speak in a way that would help someone feel that they can move and to respond. But I can't produce the results. So my success is not counted in the results seen by man. My success is counted in the obedience toward God. And it's the same for you. So in other words, there are some things you can't control. I wish you could. I wish I could tell you that once you're born again, you can control everything in your life. But I can't. There are some decisions other people will make. You can't control those things. There are some decisions a spouse or a family member may make that you can't control, but you can control how you respond. And the way to silence the voice of criticism in your life is to focus on what you can control. Instead of being discouraged over the uncontrollable, you can be encouraged because with God, Obeying makes you a success. And the third thing you can do to help silence the inner criticism, question the negative while embracing the positive. Too many times we embrace the negative and question the positive. You need to flip that around. You need to question the negative. When you feel that you're not good enough, you need to say, why am I feeling that when God says I'm complete? If it's an area that we could use some improvement, then work on it. Read, listen, and watch things that will help you in those areas. But embrace the positive. You can embrace the positive without being arrogant or prideful. And number four, take your own advice. Think of the advice you would give a close friend or acquaintance that come to you seeking your help and then do that. Because many times we know the answer, we know what we need to do, but we need to put it into action. Learning to silence the inner critic is possible. It will attempt to rise up in our lives, but we don't have to embrace that. We do not have to continually think down on ourselves, for we are what God says we are. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener, because I want God to encourage you. Lord, teach each listener how to truly love themselves. Teach them to be less condemning toward themselves. And teach them to see themselves as you see them. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend. Maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum. That's G-I-L-L-I-A-M. On Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at buildinggreatlivespodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives Podcast, a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions.